right, we are back for another freewheeling podcast episode, Juro Donna edition. I'm Abby Mickey. I'm, as always, joined by Amy Jones. Amy, hello. Hello. How you doing? It's very early, and I just went for a run. Not, not, not to make myself sound really virtuous there in any way whatsoever, but I just need to, I need everyone to know that it's I'm wow. in for a run before eight a.m. <laughs> Lauren, how are you doing over there? No 8am runs for you. No, no, sadly. I used to be that productive once upon a time, but the thought of running at the moment makes me feel not quite sick, but just it's not possible. Although I did run to the, the fridge last night to get to some dessert and my boyfriend was like, you can still run. <laughs> That's the kind of running I normally Amazing. do. So. Amazing. All right. Well, we are here to talk about the Giro Donna, 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 Don, Don. I'm so confused because yeah, no, I, yeah, I keep thinking it's the Giro Rosa. It's just stuck in my head. I've said Giro Rosa at least three times on the regular segment of this <laughs> podcast, and I'm like, I, I don't. You know how they would make this race even more like prestigious than it already is with not without being warranted, is keep the same name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah seriously everyone's just gonna keep yeah. calling it the Giro Rosa anyway like I think someone posted on Twitter yesterday it's had six or seven different Twitter accounts or like hashtags or something and he was just posting all these random facts about the race um it was quite funny anyway but anyway let's get started <laughs> first we're just gonna kind of run through the first four stages of the race. We're recording this after stage four, so after the uh, uphill time trial. And in between talking about each stage, usually I don't think we would break it down. I don't think we would break it down into stage by stage chats. However, we have audio diaries from three of the riders racing the race, Hannah Barnes, Ruth Winder, and Heidi Franz. So we want to kind of intersperse the podcast with some of those audio diaries today. So that's why we're going to kind of start off with stage one and work our way to stage four. So stage one off the bat, team time trial, which... I love a team time trial. I'm a huge fan of a team time trial. There, Lauren, you'll be able to attest this. There's no other event in cycling you can stand, well, in road cycling, where you get to stand on the podium with your whole team, except for the team classification. But that's still, you know, kind of an afterthought. The team classification isn't really that big of a thing at the end of the race. But when you win a race, you're standing up there all by yourself, even though in theory, cycling is a team sport which we don't have to get into. But for the TTT, you get to stand up there with all your teammates, spray each other with champagne. It's amazing. However, Nathan Haas brought up something on the regular podcast that threw my mind for a loop. When the race starts out with a TTT, and in women's cycling, there's such a massive discrepancy between the top teams and then the rest of the teams that the GC was basically decided on the first day to be between the top two, three teams and it all has to do with equipment. Valid, valid point. I think um, one thing we didn't discuss was the equipment factor, but it is a huge thing. And yeah, going back to the TTT, um, I had the privilege to race with Specialized with the Lemon and then Veloccio Shram, which became Canyon Shram. And they won the TTT, I think, four or five years in a row, maybe five years. And it really like... The riders were incredible, but the equipment was on point. They invested a lot of money into to testing. Um, and you just need to look at the, the top few teams in the team's time trial, and they're the ones riding the best gear, right, who have probably invested a lot of money into aerodynamics and testing and all that. Um, yeah, so that does make a huge difference, and I think – yeah, going back to what Nathan said, time, uh, teams' time trial can be so damaging in in a tour to to the GC. Um, I think traditionally in the men's race, like if you lose twenty seconds or something, yeah, it's it's hard to start on the back foot. But we're not talking about minutes deficits here. Um, like if we just think about Marta Cavalli, when we get into that a bit later, just looking at her her standings in the general classification. The TTT for FDJ, I mean, we will never know what they could have done, but they had some serious bad luck 
and um, right from the get-go, she's she's off the back, um, which mentally can be really challenging if, like, you had GC ambitions and then you already know, fuck, like, I'm two minutes down to Anna Vanderbregen already. Um, that's a pretty hard thing to, to start a grand tour with. And they had a team camp based solely around the TTT. They had, they spent over a week training the TTT. And I think for something like FTJ, Novella, Aquitaine, Futuroscope, like, unfortunately, Sile went down in a crash, which is a massive bummer. I texted her uh, before stage three, and she said she was just really sore, but hopefully going to bounce back. But for Cavalli, I mean, she's riding incredibly well. Cavalli lost two minutes and 12 seconds in the TTT. Major bummer for her, given the way she's riding at the moment, which we'll get into. But I thought it was just important to bring bring that up because I've always thought about the TTT as this incredible event that I wish was more prevalent. But actually, if you think about the equipment thing, on the women's side, it's it's a major bummer that the, the Giro Donne starts with that TTT and already on the back foot because of it (laughs) well i mean you have the whole of sd works already from day one in the top six places and Mm. then they've sent such a strong climbing team we'll get into the general classification but who is sitting in the top three right now to be fair truck segafredo did win the ttt and then and then Well, yeah, I mean, we'll get into that as well. Like uh, Lizzie Dignan is having an incredible Giro, in in my opinion, and I think you both agree. Um, There's so much more to come from her in the coming days. Elisa is just having an off week, and it happens. Like, it's a shame because this race is such a big deal for her. Um, You know, she's in the tricolours, but we've all been there. Um, and anyone listening who understands bike racing just knows sometimes it just doesn't, you know, click. I mean, on the equipment side, all ABTC Ljubljana was third above Canyon SRAM, who you just said would have put a lot of thought into their equipment. So there's still, you know, there's still teams that can kind of manage it without all of that effort going into the equipment and all the money that goes into a, t- a time trial in general. Because Ali BTC Ljubljana, not exactly an equipment-centric team. Are they still on Cipollini? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not known for a good time trial bike. Sorry. I think the thing that it highlights as well in women's cycling is just the disparity between the World Tour teams and the Continental teams because a lot of the Continental teams probably don't even have time trial bikes at all. So... Not that, like, you know, obviously the GC was going to be contested amongst the World Tour riders, but it stops, like, it stops riders coming through. Although we do have Gaia, Gaia Relini. She's still 13th. Yeah. Yeah, she must have just fallen out. Let's move on to stage two, but really quick before we do, let's hear from hannah barnes about canyon srams tt and then we can also hear from ruth winder from the winning winning team time trial truck segafredo hello so we've just finished the first stage of the giro um the team time trial it was a quick quick one it's 27k but yeah unfortunately we lost tiff about k into the into the start after her chain slipped off and we we weren't able to to get it back on and we we waited for a little bit but decided just to carry on with five um which is unfortunate because we're six seconds off the podium which is a shame but yeah for us we we're really happy with how we rode together um and just going into tomorrow which is probably one of the bigger gc gc days is in a position that's not too bad not too far down um is is really great and yeah, I think we can go into it knowing that we've got a really strong team, this team behind behind us and yeah, can can help Michaela and Aliona as much as we can. Um but yeah, now more importantly we've got the football to watch with Elise, who's Swiss. So we're watching the Swiss Spain match tonight and then tomorrow is England. So yeah, there's a quite a lot of football talk going around there, around the team at the moment. But yeah. Um yeah, looking forward to, to tomorrow and heading to the mountains. 
Hey, cycling tips. Um, Ruth Winter here from Trek Segafredo doing these audio diaries again for you guys to follow along the Giro. Um, and we just won the team time trials, Trek Segafredo, second year in a row, which feels super, super good. Uh, it's my third team time trial win in a row because I won it on Sunweb too, the two, three years ago, two years ago, three years ago. Not sure now. Um, which feels super amazing, and I'm. I crossed the line first, so I'm actually in the pink jersey too to start tomorrow, which always feels super weird as a team time trial because it's like everybody went to success. It just so happens my front wheel crossed the line first. Um, so yeah, I got to go on the podium and wear the pink jersey, which honestly feels super special. It's uh, amazing to wear it, but we really just were super motivated as a team to put Elisa in good position because we have a lot of faith in her going forward in in the rest of the Giro. So yeah, we're we're really happy it's gonna be a really good race for us i think and well, we hope <laughs> we can go into it hoping for that as much as we want and we'll have to see what happens um but yeah super hard ttt and we maybe it wasn't our like smoothest race ever we definitely could have learned a lot from what we did today but to feel that way and still have won is really uh it's a cool feeling i suppose um and yeah so I hope that you enjoy these video diaries this year and tomorrow we have a finish and we finish it on a 17 kilometer climb. So expect a lot of GC fireworks going on tomorrow and and yeah, following along. Have fun following along. All right. Bye. All right. So stage two, we went from the TTT, which separated a lot of the team's time wise <laughs> to like yeah. a massive mountaintop finish. And... Uh, it's it's i said it i said it in my post-race article it's sd works world and we're just living in it because (laughs) they absolutely crushed stage two i mean anna van der bregen won the stage which i think we all predicted we all knew that was going to happen especially without Anna Meek there who's right now i'm sorry to say the only rider in the world who can keep up with anna on the climb she can't beat her but she can keep up with her but without that other factor in there. SD Works went one, two, three with Anna Van der Bregen, Ashley Moenpasio, and Demi Vollering. And there's still time gaps and stuff. So for me, coming out of this stage two is hot damn SD Works. But the number one thing for me was Marta Cavalli, who got fourth and was just narrowly out sprinted by De- Demi Vollering. And she's not a climber, she's kind of a punchy roulette sprintery type but clearly has been working on her climbing a ton she looks lean af and and she took forth on a huge mountain stage which i mean i i wish that sealy hadn't crashed because i imagine that sealy would have been able to hang up in there with her and out and there would be two fdj riders like hanging out in the top but with the time loss for for uh, Cavalli on the in the opening TTT, even that ride didn't put her into the top of the general classification conversation. Not that anyone can now beat <laughs> SD Works. <laughs> Look, yeah, I mean we're only on stage two, so we're not going to jump into what the GC standings look like at this point in time. Even though people following the race are fully aware, but it's. It's, uh, I don't want to sound negative, but it was sort of done and dusted on that day for me. Um, you know, even if something happens to Anna, which, God, I hope not, you've got Demi and Ashley right there. So we'll see what comes in these next stages. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, I wish we could have seen more of the stage, to be honest, because... After the stage finished, then they actually did like a little flashback to Anna where she attacked. So that was pretty cool to see how it sort of went down and how Ashley um, tried to go with her and was there a little bit, but then Anna just took off. She even looked back to see if Ash was still with her, but then just got into her her Anna time trialing away mode and did her thing. Oh, I'm honestly <laughs> impressed. It took us 12 minutes to get to the live coverage. <laughs> Hey, you said be positive. So <laughs> look. Uh, I think it's such a shame that like 
to go back <laughs> to the previous point um it's a shame that it's like a, it's a combination of factors right the reason this race is like so so not by sd works already because like you know cassia is not there anime's not there um see they crashed like there's like elisa's yeah like otherwise i think maybe they still would have won it or well they haven't won it yet but like maybe they still would have been in the same position but there would have still been another battle going on and they would have had like kind of competing against them like and and kind of giving them a run for their money whereas now because their main competitors are all kind of compromised in some way they're kind of just running away with it so yeah i mean like if you if you look at the gc i'm sorry i have to jump to it <laughs> wait before you jump to it i mean yeah it's it's ama- it's whatever happened with trek on the day i mean they clearly had a super strong team time trial and eliza i think there was a lot of pressure on her going into the race and i think it clearly affected her because she's we know she has the legs. She's been she just won both national championships at, in Italy. So this she's got she's she's on form, you know. But I think for her given the way she rode earlier this year and the fact that she's never won the Giro, she went into this race with a ton of pressure probably internally, hopefully not from the team because that never helps anybody, but she lost eight and a half minutes on this climb, which is I mean, obviously, there's no coming back from that. And Trek's highest rider was Lizzie Dagnan in 11th, and she still lost three and a half minutes. So Trek was the main competitor for SD Works. But once again, like we saw with Vuelta a Burgos, Trek can't seem to put it together in a stage race, which is a major bummer because we we need them. We need them to beat SD Works. And... Maybe if another team had stepped forward and kind of taken the reins from Trek and and was fighting SD Works for those top three spots. But I mean, after the second stage, Marta Cavalli in fourth, (laughs) only a minute 53 down, which is, you know, pretty impressive given the amount of time she lost in the TTT. But still, with another mountaintop finish coming later in the race, you look at that and you're just like, and we'll get to the time trial in a minute because obviously things have changed since then. But we can move on to stage three if we don't have anything more to say about the top, about the stage two massive mountaintop. What do you guys think about having a TTT followed by a a GC day? Just a, a decisive, I mean, if they'd thrown in, you know, if they'd swapped stage one, stage two and stage three, stage three being kind of a rolly technical day, one by a break, uh, one of the strongest breaks ever in the history of the world. If they'd swipped, swapped those two stages, then the pink jersey would have changed hands three times in the first three stages instead of having it be, you know, Ruth Winder wore it the first, after the first stage, and now it's over. So even if Anna Vanderbregen had been dominated on the, dominant on the climb, if it was stage three instead of stage two, we still would have had the Jersey changing hands in between those two stages, if they'd not thrown in this insanely decisive day right off the bat. I, yeah, that says something about the, the organizers and whoever put the race together, to be honest, because it's not, no, really, it's not conducive to an exciting race, is it? And also with, with the time trial, I would have chucked it in a bit later as well, just based on what they've done. I 100% agree the the first road stage should have been something that could have opened it up to anyone. And then, you know, these riders that had a bad TTT, the teams at least would have had a chance to just throw something out there, whereas it was just decided on stage two already. So, yeah, uh, it's... It's not made for an, a very exciting setup of the race. I mean, obviously, stage three was was a great stage, um, but we can get into that now. But it's in terms of the GC, it's sort of like it's done and dusted. There's some awesome stages still to come and potential wins for opportunists. But, um, you know, and then there's always the fight for a top 10 in GC because that's something special to aim for as well. 
Let's hear from Ruth Winder on stage two. Hi, everybody. Um, coming at you from the car after stage two of Giro Rosa. Um, I hear there wasn't very much coverage, and I'm not really sure I can tell you that much because I was pretty dropped on the last climb. Um, but we as Trek Segafredo didn't have the day we were hoping for. Elisa just didn't have the legs today, and you know, that happens sometimes. She's pretty disappointed, but we are still proud of her, and we'll make the most of the rest of the Giro and do what we can. Coming up, we'll have lots of opportunities, I'm sure, to get more results. Yeah, I don't know. I had a good day in pink. I It was actually quite fun to be dropped and just wave at all the people, even though some people seemed really excited to cheer for the pink jersey and some people seemed a bit confused why I was so far behind the lead, but that's okay. Um, yeah, that's all I got. So it was a break of four that took stage three. Mariana Voss won the stage, followed by Lucinda Brand, Leanne Lippert of DSM, and Ali Shabi. Pretty strong breakaway. Marion Voss, very, very emotional with this win. And, you know, Voss is always emotional when she wins, but this one was, was a little bit special given the week before, the couple, a couple days before her win, really. Uh, a couple days before Voss won stage, uh, stage three of the Giardone, the 29th Giardone stage win for Marion Voss. Pretty, in, pretty impressive. Um, a cross rider, Jolene Verschuren, passed away from brain cancer. She's been fighting it for three years, and she continued to race against Voss um, in the cross scene. So Voss dedicated her win to Jolene, Jolene, and it was super emotional. And it was, I said it on the regular podcast, and I'll say it again. It was super fitting that she she won this stage. She dedicated it to Jolene and, and Lucinda Brand was up there as well. I thought there was something really kind of cool about the two cross riders taking that day. <laughs> yeah. And in epic conditions too, right? It was raining and wet on that descent. And what is that like? That's the, the cross season, really tough conditions. And then I think she, um, in one of her interviews, she, she ha- had a beautiful quote. I don't know if one of you remember it just about, yeah, suffering in life. Yeah, she said, "We're here and we think we suffer, but there's so much more in life." I thought about her and that gave me extra power. I knew how dedicated she was and I wanted to do a special race for her. Yeah. So. She was um uh the queen of I think it was the Koppenberg Cross. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh Yeah. It was a, yeah, it was one of the one of those big 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 cross races. I feel like it started with a K. Yeah, it would be the Koppenberg. It's like got this mean climb in it. Um, and she she was a tiny little strong rider. So she was like the queen of that race, um, my boyfriend was telling me. So, yeah, really beautiful by Voss. I love emotional finishes when it just really, it's more, it's more than just winning a bike race, right? We've seen quite a few of those in the Tour de France lately. Yeah, there's been a there's been a lot of emotion at the Tour de France this year, and some emotion thrown into the Giordone as well. So let's hear really quick from Hannah Barnes on the stage, and then move on to stage four. Hey, so yeah, we just arrived at the hotel um, just after stage three. Uh, it's a pretty good stage for us actually. The first sixty kilometers was pretty slow; not much was going on. It was just very wet um, and then the last 60k there was a lot of climbing and twisty descent with narrow roads so we had to really make sure we were positioned well going into the into the first climb really and luckily Elise loves getting in a breakaway she was able to do that today with a few other riders um, which was perfect for us the, the gap went out to I think over four minutes um, at one point so yeah, it was it was good for us, and it's meant she's moved up on GC to fourth position. So, what she thought was going to be a rest day for her tomorrow is not a rest day anymore. But um, yeah, she had a really great race, and now we're just looking over a really nice view across the mountains. And yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool place. And yeah, looking forward to well, not really looking forward to it, but yeah, tomorrow's team um, time trial is going to be. One with a bit of a difference going going up a climb, pretty Giro style, but yeah, it'll be good. And 
yeah, hopefully we can have a few good rides again. We're moving through these quickly. So we're on to stage four. TT, 11.2 kilometer uphill time trial. There was a couple steep parts, but for the most part, it was just a very gradual uphill time trial. It was interesting to see who chose to ride a road bike and who rode a TT bike. TT bikes, clearly the right option, but the winner and also her teammates all rode really light climbing wheels on their TT bikes, which TT bikes, not known for being very weight uh, efficient. They heavy. Yeah, there was quite a discussion on Twitter about the choice of bikes. Um, I was watching it on Cycling Today, and there was like a discussion in the chat there as well about who was deciding to ride what. But I guess if you looked at the top 10, the majority of the riders were all riding, um, yeah, TT bikes. Um, so obviously the right decision. Um, I just wanted to highlight how well Grace Brown rode yesterday. She held, she was sitting in that, you know, pole position for, for most of the race until sort of volleying came through. Um, it just goes to show that the great form she has leading into the Olympics and just an incredible year that she's had so far. But then Anna came along. Uh, um, Grace Brown did great. And her amazing ride broke up the, the SD works party so that they didn't go one, two, three again, because they almost did. <laughs> but Anna Vanderbregen won the stage, took some more GC time, won by a minute and six seconds. Demi Vollering was second and then Grace Brown third. And then Ashley Woman Passio, fourth so the gc at this point we're caught up we're caught up to where we are now and the gc at this point is you know is it is it wrapped up is it over amy what do you think <laughs> i mean she's yeah. looking at her notes <laughs> I, i'm looking at i'm looking at it i'm looking at the gaps and i'm thinking dude you know i wrote I mean? them down and i'm looking at them as well going We've only had four stages and she's winning to her teammate by 251 and then her That's second the thing, teammate. Is the, the time gaps are massive, but it's yeah. not even the time gaps that are that are the reason that this race is over. The the reason this race is over, barring catastrophe, which we don't want, <laughs> because even though Anna Vandebregen is like unreal right now and dominating this race. We still really love her as fans. She's amazing. So we don't want anything to happen. We don't want the race to be lost that way. No one wants that. But the reason this race is over is because the closest person to them who's not SD Works is Lizzie Dagnan in fourth, almost six minutes down. Which is amazing. Lizzie Dagnan in fourth at the Giro. Currently. I mean, we still have some hard stages to come, but Mm -hmm. you're 100% correct. Yeah, the top 10 um just looking at it then you've got uh, a series of riders who are within a minute of each other shabby um erica magnaldi garcia labu fisher black and goderzo in, in i mean the top even like <laughs> sd works there with another rider in the top 10 on gc yeah and yeah. Fisher black. <laughs> yeah and she's winning the young rider jersey too need fisher black so they have so many jerseys too <laughs> They have all of them, don't they? I think that um, <laughs> they do. They have all of them. Anna Vanderbilt oh, has no. three of them, I think. No, sorry. Elise Chabet's got the, the, the KOM jersey. jersey. Thank the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, otherwise. But um, what was I going to say? The the fact that Anna Vanderbilt is like, I mean, she extended her lead yesterday above her own teammate, Ashley Wilman-Pasio. And then, so now, like, she's two minutes 51 ahead of her. And also, yes, one thing we didn't mention, I guess, about yesterday's time trial is that because she put in such Mm. an amazing time, it left some of the riders who were, they took the, the time cut, cut off based on her time, meaning that there's, like, a load of riders who were maybe like trying to take it easy or just weren't on good days, mainly on like continental teams who were over the time limit and now their race is over. As far as I know, that's still the case. They haven't like overturned that or anything. Uh, Bazinga Durango, I I believe is the team that got, I think that's how you say it. Bizkaya. Bizkaya, sorry. 
Durango is the team that really got. Yeah. They got, they were last in the TTT, but four of their riders were time cut after the time trial, which. Four. 12 yeah. riders got time cut because of Anna Vandenbergen's fast time. And I, I think the time cutoff is 33%, maybe. The, um, the very last rider was seven minutes 30 down, and then you've got 741. So it must have been. I can't do maths. Me neither. <laughs> uh, it's a tricky one, isn't it? You think. Um... Yeah, I don't want to go into this too much, but again, this this goes sort of into the depth of the field, right? The disparity between the types of riders that sometimes turn up to these races. Um, because obviously Anna did put in a phenomenal time trial, um, so much so that she was actually, if you look at the top 20, you, you have some very good riders in there who were over two minutes down to her, some three minutes, so... Yeah, if it was, what did you say, seven minutes something? Mm-hmm. Uh, 7.40, yeah. Because Somebody, sorry, go on. No, I was just saying from memory, like um, there was a discussion about having, you never take a rest day um, in a, a Grand Tour sort of race. But actually, uh, from my experience, quite often as a domestique, because your your team wants you to save your legs, um you would be told just just ride up there like you know stay within time limit but just ride sort of within you know that's that zone where you're not really hurting but you're pushing like a little bit sort of thing um and that happened multiple times but maybe they just didn't sort of estimate how fast she was gonna go yeah, exactly. Because quite often you would look at a course and say, okay, we think roughly it's going to be about this time. We know that it's, what, 33%. So you would figure out where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and there looks like there's been some massive miscalculations on how slow. Because I'm guessing these riders just wanted an easy day but really took it too easy. And then this is what happens. Someone who really... Um... Like, I guess a notable rider that was over the time limit is um, uh, Chiara Consone from Valcar Traveling Service because I reckon she was saving herself for today's stage, which is a flat sprint stage because she's a really strong sprinter, um, but she's out now. Yeah, well, there you go. Classic example. Sprinters, why would they want to to go all out in a uphill TTT? So, yeah, it's really unfortunate. There's nothing wrong with the riders that are teammates, that are domestiques, that are sprinters, not going all out in a time trial. Like, I think you're absolutely right, Lauren. They just miscalculated how fast Vanderbreken was going to go up that climb. Yeah. And just, it it happens. Honestly, you can just um, take it. It's literally just taking it a little bit too easy. That's it. And, you know, not having the the support either from your team saying, oh, like maybe actually pick it up a little bit because Grace Brown, for example, she set that time for quite a while, but she would have come later in the race. These riders would have been some of the first riders off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just told, just, yeah, ride the climb. And they probably were just wearing normal helmets and going up there on their road bikes. They were still going hard. Like, yeah, they were still going faster than most of the people listening to this podcast and myself would have been able to go up that climb let's be let's be honest you know yeah but then not like they were like soft pedaling up the climb you know no 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 god no and with this sort of course as well that's that that's the challenge of it is it was actually a hard time trial Anna said it herself it's not a flat time trial where you know if you've got the gear actually on you just sort of roll through it and yeah okay you can finish six minutes down but um, the deficits just wouldn't be as big. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's from... enough about that sad story. <laughs> <laughs> Should we hear from Hannah Barnes and Heidi Franz real quick? Hey, so just got to the hotel after today's time trial. Um, yeah, being the Giro, it was uphill 
for half of it. I think 6K of it was um, uphill up, up to a really beautiful plateau, I guess, at 1,700 metres. Um, yeah, driving down, we stopped um, at a little lookout and took some pictures and videos of the really cool waterfall that we couldn't enjoy when we were riding up it. <laughs> um, yeah, but for us, it was kind of half the team we're going to use it as almost a recovery day, um, but we knew that we were also going to have to ride pretty hard because we knew that Anna, um, like she did, rode, rode hard. So the 30% the time cut was actually going to be a pretty small margin. Um, so, yeah, we kind of took it easy as we could. Um, and then, yeah, the other half of the team used it as kind of GC practice for, for the future and also, I guess, a little bit of a Tokyo recce because, um, yeah, the course isn't exactly the same, but there's a, a few similarities, so it was also good for that. Um, but, yeah, it's um, four stages in now, uh, six to go, and, yeah, I just got back down to to sea level, I guess, at 30 degrees. So, yeah, we're, we're looking at a few hot stages, I guess, now going into Mil Milano and Lake Como. Um but yeah, just looking ahead now to to the stages that we can we can focus on as a team and get the get the best out of the the race and the rest of it. Stage four, uh, already stage four. It's kind of going by nicely. Um, yeah, uphill time trial today. Um, maybe one of the most beautiful time trials ever. Uh, we went straight up this like mountainous road just to get to the start through these like really cool Italian villages and then through this super long tunnel. And then right at the end of the tunnel, like suddenly all the team buses came into view and this giant looming mountain with some snow on top was like right in front of us. It was pretty epic. And uh, the, TT, the TT itself climbed up like these cool switchbacks through some town and then up over this like crazy waterfall i honestly i mean i was going kind of easy not easy but i was not under pressure to do a hard tt today which was nice um so i could like take maybe a second to look at the views around me which was really amazing um yeah this giant waterfall was just insane uh and just a cliff below it to tell you how much feet or how much, how many meters of climbing you have done in like, you know, 8K. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, the, the TT was sort of how I, how I expected it to go. Anna freaking blitzed it. Um, yeah, which was not surprising. And the, yeah, I mean, the GC people have firmly uh, planted themselves where they, where they are. And I'm feeling good. I have had sort of a, I've been trying to conserve more the last uh, the last four days, and so well besides the TTT. Um, but I am definitely looking forward to the second half uh, of this race and um, to try to take some chances now that the now that the GC is really definitely set in place, um, and maybe maybe some more things will go up the road and. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the next half of this race. All right. Cool. Stage five coming up. Sprint stage. It's flat. It's real flat. Well, we think. It's the Giro, so. Pretty hard to look past uh, DSM for this one. Lorena Webus is nearly undefeated in sprints this year, so you're right. It's hard to look past. I, I am excited to see... Emma Norsgaard line up against um, against Lorena Weebus because Movistar has nothing to fight for except for stage wins at this point. So they would probably put the whole team in charge of getting Emma to that line first. Minus Sheila Gutierrez, who's out because she was over the time limit yesterday. <laughs> Which is so, again, a bizarre thing. She's like, really strong. She's yeah. quality and writer. Yeah. Exactly. Just miscalculation. <laughs> but uh other sprinters, oh yeah, the emoji. <laughs> Can't do it. 
<laughs> on a podcast. But yeah. It's a, it was a strong sprinting field before the race, uh, before yesterday. But it's, yeah, it, it's hard to look past Weebus for this one. And the thing about the thing about SD Works at the moment completely destroying this race is that now teams have nothing to lose. So I hope that means that we see a really active fight for the breakaway, them putting SD Works in the hot seat kind of to have to, well, it's not like they have to pull anything back. A break could get four minutes and Anna's still winning by a minute. If Lizzie, Di- even if Lizzie Dagnan's in there. So, like, oh my gosh. Uh, well, I yeah, I don't know. Actually, I don't, I don't know. No, <laughs> that being said, like there, there, you're a hundred percent right. There's nothing left to lose. You just throw yeah. everything at it. And if you don't have a sprinter today, and to be honest, if you know, Weebers is there, like, I think every team would be pretty keen to have something going and just to have DSM work their asses off all day to try and pull it back. Trek should um, throw Lizzie Dagnan into a breakaway today. YOLO. She could probably win from a small <laughs> bunch, you know? Let's just... Why not? Throw she, I there. wouldn't be surprised. She'll be... I'm sure Lizzie's going to be super active the next days. I mean, oh my she, God, this five 50, <laughs> she's 5 minutes 53 down. Like, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's. I don't know what to say, guys. <laughs> I just know that a lot of um, the work. Well, a lot of the the teams don't like the fact that on sprint days, uh, DSM are so controlling for a sprint mm. if they think that Weavers can win it. And to be fair, she was climbing so well at the the Lotto Belgium tour that happened a week and a half ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, that was incredible, actually. So, yeah, I feel like today could be a really aggressive race. I mean, SD Works has just been on the podium the, the whole Giro um, so far. So, Come why not, man? We don't get to watch the race from the beginning because hey, I reckon there'll be an attack literally, literally from the gun. <laughs> you will never know, Lauren. No. Well, you, you will by Twitter, but you won't see it happen. No, you'll get to see the last 15k if you're Man, if, if Australia a if Australia opened their bloody borders, we could have had Robbie McEwen, as you said, Abby. Just on the, on the back of a motorbike with his, <laughs> with his mobile phone. I wondered where you were going then. I was like, why Australia? No, I don't you remember that from the that was just Cadell so Evans epic. Great Ocean Road Race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The coverage cut out, and so it was just Robin McEwen on the back of a motorbike <laughs> filming with his phone. And it, hey, it wasn't great, but it worked. It was brilliant. It's better than nothing. We saw more of that race than we've seen of the Giro. I mean, <laughs> we do have to. I it has like you know, let's not be about the bush. It's been pretty useless. Like <laughs> yesterday's TT, they only started putting time ins on the graphics. At like I think it was when Demi went off like the last few riders like people were crossing the line there wasn't even a time a timer um on the finish like you couldn't even see like the guy on commentary bless him was literally like I have no idea what's going on and he's like <laughs> trying to listen to the people like the speaker on the line and he's like I don't know it sounds like seventh place maybe don't know like how on earth can you know like hey, at least they have that at least they have a super cool podium presentation with a oh gigantic God. rolling apart screen tv screen that's all that matters that's that's where the whole budget went <laughs> that is legitimately where the whole budget went and someone on twitter was trying to reason with me about how oh but the giro you know they own they're thinking about their sponsors so they want to you know show off the sponsors and it's like to what though? To who? Because no one's watch. No one can see it. That's like, the thing. Is to be yeah. fair. <laughs> to be fair, if they're trying to show off their sponsors, and they've paid an exorbitant amount of money for this ridiculous podium that they have at the end of all the stages, everyone is seeing it because there's only twenty minutes, thirty minutes of live, like if that live coverage of the race, and then more time is dedicated to the podium presentation so their sponsors are getting more coverage 
than there is of the actual bike race. Why? <laughs> I love how going into this, I was so optimistic <laughs> that I was actually, we were, I, I think my positive vibe sort of rubbed off on you and the skepticism is skepticism <laughs> was like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll be able to watch it. And there's just no way they, they can get their world tour license back after this. I don't see how. They put, they put, yeah, they shouldn't though. No, they shouldn't. And we literally, before this podcast started, I was like, let's try to be optimistic. Let's try to try <laughs> to keep it positive. This race, like, I've, it makes me just so upset. <laughs> it makes me so frustrated because it's like going back in time in a time vortex to when we were fighting for women to even get paid in the first place. And we're, it's every single time we go to this race, it's bringing up the same shit. And there's races out there that are trying so hard and working so hard. There are 2.1 races that have better live coverage than this 2. race. 2.2. There are 2.2 races that have better live coverage <laughs> than this race. No, and they really. don't get the, and they don't get the, the props that they deserve. And it's not that hard. I know it's expensive. I, I don't, I do not want to hear, do not tweet at me that it is expensive to have live coverage. Don't at her. <laughs> I know it's expensive, but are you no, kidding what me? Thank you. Are you like, how I want to know how much this podium was. I really do because I want to break apart how much this podium was and divide it between 10 days and see how much more live coverage they could have gotten if they hadn't have spent an absolutely ridiculous amount of money on a podium that is not necessary. We do not need this podium. It is, it's fancier than the men's Tour de France podium. We don't need it. <laughs> I am, I'll go down that rabbit hole. I'll try and buy a big podium in Italy and I'll see how much it costs and I'll let you know. I'll, I'll, I'll do an Ian don't it. forget don't forget to factor in how much it costs to break it down every single day and move it to yeah. a new location. That's how I feel about that. Yeah. Um, so much for staying positive. <laughs> it's just important. Like, it's impossible, though, because... And I, what I don't really understand is that this race has, like, so many, like, ardent defenders of it, at least online, and... Yes, I understand. Like it's been around for a long time. It's it's the longest race. Like the the thing is, is like it does not deserve the plaudits. Like it doesn't deserve its position, its stature. Like I'm just hoping that the more we continue to get like newer and better run stage races on the women's calendar, um, the more that this race will just like sink into obscurity um because if they're not gonna improve which we were all super optimistic like they changed the management they promised things like i mean they they promised that they were gonna that they had doubled the prize money i can't do maths but i worked out they have not doubled it like it's more but it's not double what it was last year and it's still the win the winner of the gc after eight stages, Anna van der Breggen is going to get 8,000 euros for winning this race. 8,000 euros. Like, come on. I feel like that's a whole nother hour of discussion. Yeah, uh, sorry. Prize money. Just... <laughs> no, no, no. Really, really valid points. That's probably how much 10th place gets at the men's Algarve. Look, guys, I think what will happen, going back to what you said, Amy, yeah. is... Um, we have some great stage races already around. And next year, we have a new stage race coming. Battle of the North. Battle of the North and the Zwift. Also, I Tour, guess, yeah. Femme Levesque, yeah. however you yeah. say it. <laughs> which I think, Zwift. That's it. There we go. Which I think will just trump everything. And we've said yeah. it. When Zwift puts time and energy into anything, it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. really so i think this will fall by the wayside eventually because it's been a long time now and i just don't see how this race is going to change it won't be world tour um 
And when you have such a race coming up afterwards, you know, which one are you going to prioritize? This race is like the, this race is like your high school boyfriend that you keep going back to because you think he's going to change. <laughs> and every single time you're disappointed. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. That hit a nerve. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Uh, and, and honestly, the best thing that Christian Prudhomme could have possibly done to get the cy- the cycling, the freewheeling podcast on board with the Tour de France Femme avec Zwift was to hire Zwift because they actually care about women's racing. They actually yeah. care about making women's racing better. And Christian Prudhomme, <laughs> we aren't fans on this podcast. We're not going <laughs> to pretend that we are. But with Zwift on board with this race, I am so excited for it because I know they're going to do a good job and they're not going to put a mountaintop finish the day after a team time trial so that the race is over before it's even started. And we know you listen to this podcast. Christian Prudhomme, looking at you. (laughs) Uh, That's a positive note to finish on. Is it? (laughs) I think so. It's exciting. But guys, uh, it's two and a half weeks till the Olympic road race. Yeah, we were going to talk why. about who's on form and stuff, but I think we can save that for the next episode because we will be back in just a couple of stages. We're going to do a couple uh, Giro Donne podcasts over the course of the race. So today is a Monday. We'll be back on, I don't know, what do you guys think? Thursday, Friday? We'll decide. We'll be back. We'll be back soon. And um, we will probably have more things to say. So stay tuned to the Freewheeling Podcast. Don't comment at us on Twitter if, yeah, if don't you want to discuss. Don't, don't, don't at Abby if you want to complain. Yeah. If you want <laughs> you can at me and I'll just start like an argument with you. But <laughs> no, I won't. Don't, don't do at that. me because I, I won't see it for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I don't have the time. I do no. not have the time to, def- to, to, for people who will defend this race at me, I don't have the time or the energy, so don't. This race is dead CBA. To yeah. Yes. On that old chestnut. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody.